When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Welcome back to the Michiana People Podcast. My guest for this episode is Scott Leeper. Scott is a life coach, personal trainer, and author. We had some real talk about addiction, death, hitting bottom, and coming out of it okay. Look for his book to be out early next year and follow him on Facebook and Instagram by searching out Mind Muscle Strength. That's it. That's the intro. That's all you get. No more long intros for me. You don't want to hear a bunch of stuff going on in my life anyway. Like my new grandson, my son got engaged. Who cares about that stuff? Just the interview. Well, maybe I'll do an episode just rambling on about me someday. I can do that because I'm the host and I upload the stuff. But for now, here's Scott Leeper. Give it a listen because it's a good one. Scott Leeper, thank you for coming to the studio. It's really nice to meet you. We've talked a little bit before we started recording. So just to let everybody know, um, the way I got connected with you is kind of interesting in that my wife was at the uh grand opening of the gym setup they did at mishawaka parks there and she came home and said you know i met this guy scott and i thought he was pretty cool and you should talk to him and that's been a few months ago and i finally got around i've been on hiatus for the podcast for a while so i finally got around to getting a hold of you and i didn't make the connection um Scott Leeper is the same Scott Leeper I worked with for years at Mapletronics. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're Scott's son and, uh, uh, your, your dad worked at Mapletronics for a number of years as a teacher. And he actually taught my, uh, net plus class when I, uh, I took a, took net plus. I'm not a techie. Um, I'm an account manager, but I wanted to learn a little bit more about the tech. So he taught me my net plus class back in, 2000 and something. Yeah. <laughs> I know I had a couple zeros after it. Yeah. So, so it's been, you know, I've been with Maple Triangles for 13 years and he had been there for a while prior to me starting. So it was, uh, so we, we talked a lot and he was a, 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 a funny guy and a fun guy to, uh, work with. So small world, like I said, you got to be nice to everybody because you never know who, when you might meet somebody's relatives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But thanks for coming in. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your story and what you're doing now. Um, obviously, I have checked out Mind Muscle Strength um, on YouTube and uh, your Instagram page, and and to see what you're all about. Obviously, you're uh, you know um, uh, from the outside, you look like a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> you're built like one, so so I would uh, I would say that's that's the first thing I noticed. So tell me a little bit about you. 
So, um, you know, it's funny that you, you said the, the whole personal trainer thing. Um, I, I, I was a personal trainer, um, and now I, I fancy myself as a personal trainer of the mind. Okay. Um, and um, I'll kind of take you back a little bit. Uh, you know, we talk about my dad and you worked with him, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny that we're doing this podcast because – his death was actually the catalyst of change for me uh, that's really led me to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And and some of the things, the projects and things that I got going on now are largely fueled by what I went through uh, with his passing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be brief about his passing, um, you know, he had an alcohol addiction, I think his, I think his entire adult life, mm-hmm. honestly. Um and, um, you know, for a long time, I, you know, when I turned 21, I was, I just thought it was cool. I got to drink a Miller Lite with my dad. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and, in all my adult years, I never really, it was, it's almost like turning an ignorant eye. Um, I, I, in the back of my mind, I knew he had a problem. Um, but, um, I, I never really. I, I didn't, I wasn't willing to put the work in with him mm-hmm. and, and actually get straight about what was actually happening with his, with his alcohol problem. Right. Um, and, and then eventually in 2012, um, he slipped into a coma. Um, he had several issues and, um, liver and kidneys were shutting down and I ended up taking him off life support and I sat there with him until he died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, um, <clears throat> so, I had I ended up getting um, three months after his after he died, my son was born. Um, within his first year of life, uh, within my my son's first year of life, my wife and I weren't doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up uh, I ended up cheating on her, um, and then I told her I wanted a divorce. Nothing would change. Nothing would change my mind, um, and. Um, Luckily, I am happy to report that we're doing great. We're still together. We're doing we're doing mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and um, and actually, our story about my infidelity and everything is actually saving marriages mm-hmm. as we speak. Believe it or not. And um, but so I ended up getting kicked out of the Marine Corps with an other than honorable discharge. Okay. Um, and that pained me um, more so for the fact that my dad was always so proud of his son being a Marine. Yeah. Um, even though me and him would always go back and forth about army versus Marine, you know? Yeah. Um, he, um, when, when I got kicked out, you know, that was, that, that was a dagger going into my chest because, you know, I knew he was proud of who I was as a Marine. And then, and then his death occurred and then I made poor decisions and I couldn't get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. And then I kicked out with another than honorable. What types of things did you do to get kicked out of the Marines? Well, it was the affair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and part of me thinks that uh, because they were going through drawdowns, that mm-hmm. was, okay, so you had some sort of misconduct. Okay, we're, we're just going to ask okay. you. We're just going to administratively separate you and give you another. They, they were looking for reasons. I think they were looking for reasons yeah. to kick. Not, I don't want to say kick people out, but I think they were looking for, they, they were going through drawdowns, mm-hmm. basically reducing the amount of troops in our, in our military. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, I basically gave them a perfect reason to, to, you know, 
that's one less person they got to worry about right. by, by forcing me out kind of right. thing. And so, you know, and when I got out, you know, at the time I was a criminal investigator in the Marine Corps and I okay. had a top secret clearance and like, you know, I was all these other things. And mm. so I really had to reinvent myself because no police department is going to want to hire me and no federal agency is going to want to hire me. Mm. So, um, I knew I wanted to help people in some capacity. Mm. Um, now the first job I got, I was, a. Uh, um, uh, headhunter, you know, staffing basically okay. mm-hmm. and helping people find jobs. And, um, you know, that was great for about the first couple months. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then I learned very quickly that I sucked at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a friend of mine, uh, the guy, one of the guys that was a big part of bringing me into the company, we, me and him became good friends. And he was the one that had built up this, it was a skilled trades department and, uh-huh. and I didn't know anything about skilled trades, but they took a gamble on me and they, they, you know, and I must've talked a good game too or something yeah. because they hired me. And uh, 10 months later I was getting fired because it was just <laughs> horrible. I was horrible at it. But, yeah. Uh, I just didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? I, I knew right. I wanted to help people, but that wasn't the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I worked for the Salvation Army when I was working for the Salvation Army, they had the rehab facility in South Bend open. And so I was running all the stores that funded that rehab facility. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the cool thing about that was I had the opportunity to do uh, some motivational speeches for the men in the rehab facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I spoke to them. Um, they came up to me and told me that I spoke to them on a level that nobody's ever talk, talked to them on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some of the things I, I was very blunt about some of the things that we talked about. Right. I told him, you know, I I said, guys, let me ask you this. I said, if I were to walk past you on a sidewalk and kick you in the stomach and get you on the ground and start punching you in the face, are you going to sit there in a fetal position and take it? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to stand up and fight back? Mm -hmm. And you've seen, and some of these guys are fresh off the streets, you know, rough guys, that kind of thing. And so they took that as almost kind of a threat, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll fight back kind of thing. Right. And so my response was good then why aren't you fighting back when life has got you in a fetal position on the mm-hmm. ground? And that was a light bulb for a lot of them. Yeah. And to this day, one of I know one of them actually keeps my picture in his wallet as an anchor to keep him sober. Mm-hmm. You know, so unfortunately they had to close the rehab facility down and move everything to Gary. Um, and then after that, it was just all retail. And I personally am not a fan of retail. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I like to go buy things, but I don't like to be the guy to sell things. Right. Retail, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and so I ended up sucking at that job. I, uh-huh. um, I resigned from that position, moved on and went and worked for a garage door company. Um, you know, I decided I was going to set the fulfillment aside and try to chase money. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, yeah, that, that wasn't worth, worth it's the, the amount of money they were paying. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting fired from that job too. I sucked at that one also, uh-huh. you know, um, it, but that was just all a part of me really finding out who I was. Right. Now, when I worked for the garage door company, one of the things that I actually started to do was uh, compete in bodybuilding competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, in five months, I went from dad bod to stepping on stage. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and that was, I, I, I fell back in love with fitness. I'd lifted on and off since I was a kid, lifted mm-hmm. weights on and off. Um, and, but it was this, um, this particular time, um, that I really trained hard for a couple of competitions competed and that really started to create an identity for me. Uh, and so after I got fired from the, from that company, I decided that I was going to go get my personal trainer certification. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. Three and a half weeks later, I'm working at 
um, at Charter um, up here in uh, okay. uh, Grape Road. Mm-hmm. Worked there for about a year, but I had this revolving door clientele. Yeah. And for a while, I couldn't quite figure out why people weren't sticking with it. Um, and then the realization hit me. Uh, people come in to look for a personal trainer because they're motivated, mm-hmm. right? Something happened. Maybe it was a divorce, a separation, a breakup. Maybe it was somebody called them fat or too skinny or, you know, something along those lines. So people get motivated mm-hmm. to go find something. Maybe a doctor told them they got diabetes, something, right? right. And so that's their – that got them motivated to go find a personal trainer to make a change, mm-hmm. right? Here's the problem with motivation. Motivation has a shelf life. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, we watch motivational videos on YouTube or, you know, you hear some guy staying up at a rehab facility, giving a motivational speech and you, and you're motivated to make whatever change necessary that's discussed for about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. But then either another challenge comes your way or in a case of fitness, you'll pass Arby's and you just can't give up their beef and cheddar. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different things that, that kills that motivation. And the problem is people don't have the dedication or consistency in place. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at other, other avenues to take in order to really help people make lifestyle changes. And that's when I found the health coach Institute. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's my health coach school. I now have, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, dual certifications in health and life coaching. Okay. And I'm working on um, a advanced certification right now that's transformational coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> um, and what a, what, a, what a health and life coach is, and I call myself a mindset coach, um, it's we're masters of habit change, masters of, of lifestyle change, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when you go into that gym, and you find a personal trainer. The personal trainer is going to work with you on a physical sense. Mm-hmm. But the 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 piece that everybody misses is the mind. Right. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people, a large majority of the population forgets the mind. Mm-hmm. Right. So you go into the gym. You lift. You feel good. You do a class. You lose some weight, whatever the case is. That's mm-hmm. great. And a lot of times that's what people need. But the thing is, when you when you really want to make a change, when you really want to uh, lead a healthy lifestyle, you can lift all the weights in the world. You can eat all the broccoli in the world. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go vegan. You can go vegetarian. You can be a bodybuilder. You can do anything you want. And you can be as fit as you can possibly be. The problem is, if your mind is not in the right place, it doesn't matter what you do. Right. Tony Robbins said it best. He said, you can change everything about you. You can change your your house. You can change your car. You can change your your hair. You can change your clothes. You can change your relationship. And maybe that relationship needs change. Mm-hmm. But if you don't change your mind, everything goes back to the way it was. Right. Because your mind is what started you down the path of getting to where you don't want to be. Exactly. And and that uh, that can be weight, that can be addiction, that can be marital problems, it can be relationship problems. Every everything starts up in the brain. Everything and, starts in the mind. And yeah. I know I know some of the some of the fittest people in our area are some of the most oppressed and that's that's simply because when they're in the gym they're in their element. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and they look good. And people might look at them and be like, oh, my God, he must have it made. He's got to be on the cover of GQ magazine or she's so hot. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they clearly have no problem whatsoever. Right. But as soon as they leave those doors and you get to know some of these people, mm-hmm. they are so depressed. Yeah. And they go to things like drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or, you know, they, maybe some of them have a sex addiction mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case is. And so they're not really addressing the actual issue with them. They enjoy fitness. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of their their brief escape on a daily basis. Right. But the problem is if they're not addressing what's going on in their mind, it doesn't matter what they do in the gym. Right. Right. They'll be in a gym for, for one hour. Mm-hmm. The other 23 hours they're, they're struggling. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's really what led me down the road to becoming a, a mindset coach. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, um, did you inherit any of your dad's addictive personality? You know, <clears throat> so I'll drink a beer just like the next person. Mm-hmm. I'll have a cocktail here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and at the time of his death, I probably drank more than what I should. I don't know it ever got to an extreme problematic level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I'd. I ever had an alcohol addiction problem, mm-hmm. but I was drinking more than what I should have. Right. Um, you know, to be healthy anyway. Right. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't think I really, I don't think I really did. Right. Um, but I think the other thing that keeps me in check is, um, a book that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I, I talk to you much about that or not. Well, in following in following your social media stuff, I know that something's coming. Okay. So, <laughs> and I can and I can talk about that now, really. Right, um, right, because it's it is out there in the open, and so um, because of because of his death, you know, I went through a, a long downward spiral, mm-hmm. and I know I'm I'm not the only person, you know. So, uh, me and two other coaches. Two other health coaches, well, they're sobriety coaches, um, Michael Arnold and Andrea Carr, um, are writing a book on addiction. Mm-hmm. And the title of the book is Drowning in Addiction, Sink or Swim. Uh, we're looking for this book to be released uh, between, right now, it's supposed to be released between January 31st and February 14th. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're in the beginning stages of working with the publisher uh, and manuscript is almost complete, and then we'll have then we'll have the book. But mm-hmm. um, you know, by writing this book as well, that really is is keeping me um, in check personally. Um, but you know, just when you when you're a coach, when you're when you're coaching people on on leading a healthy lifestyle in general, that you, you really you need to be able to play the part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? Um, and so. You know, for me, my, my, how I, how I look is not necessarily everything, um, because how I look is, doesn't really matter on the grand scheme of things, but because I'm a coach and because I'm in a fitness scene and, and that kind of thing, I do want me to look the part. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and then, um, so yeah, but I, I don't think I really gained anything, any any of his uh, addictive traits. Mm-hmm. That's that's fortunate. Uh, you know, it's it's hard enough to <laughs> to grow up, you know, experiencing that, but mm-hmm. to then uh, seeing it happen in yourself that would that would be really rough. Yeah, yeah. And, and and to to be honest, 
those traits very well could be there, mm-hmm. but they lay dormant because of everything that I'm doing. Right. I'm keeping myself busy. I right. think if I, I think if I were, you know, just sitting at home, not doing anything, or even just for me, and this isn't everybody else, this is just my story, you know, me personally. Um, if I had just that stressful job that, that, you know, the nine to five, um, I think it could be a possibility that that that's the road I go down just mm-hmm. because I'm not a fan of the nine to five. I'm not a fan of, of, you know, going and doing unfulfilling work. And so I can see why people would do that, uh, to, to numb the pain of being an unfulfilling work. Right. You know what I mean? Um, with that said, I would, I would tell anybody listening right now that if that's you, if I just struck a chord, mm-hmm. then reevaluate what you're doing for right. a living. Right. And branch yourself out. Mm. You know, even if people tell you, you can't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it, they very well could be there. Just, uh, I'm keeping myself busy and doing fulfilling work. And so I don't right. have to tap into that. It took me almost 30 years to find fulfilling work. And it was actually Mapletronics uh, when I found Mapletronics. Yeah. There you and, go. and fulfilling is different for different people. But, you know, I found a job where I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to, to be successful. They Mm -hmm. don't give you any, they don't give you any barriers. Mm -hmm. So I do what it takes to be successful. And the funny thing is, is when I decided to do this podcast, the first thing I did is I wrote up a business plan for my wife Mm -hmm. because it was going to cost me some money to get into it. And I wrote it up for Lisa and I said, this is what I want to do. And she said, okay, good. And, you know, because it's our money and, and yeah. she, she said, good. And then I, before I went to bed, I had this idea and I said, I'm going to write up the same business plan. I'm going to give it to Wes, my boss. And so I wrote up the same business plan, um, complete with an itemized list of everything I wanted to buy. And, um, he gave me the company credit card that day and said, get whatever you need. And, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Sweet. You know, where else can you work that somebody's going to do that? You know, so but, I, need, I need to take him a business plan too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, uh, everything that I've ever wanted to do there, um, that is within reason. They always give me a green light and, and it's, it's to help Mapletronics do better. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's my, that's my end goal for 99% of what I do. And that's, that's the way it works. Yeah. Um, it's funny you talk about addiction and, um, and, uh, getting, getting into a spot you, you, you talked about, uh, uh, the, when you were talking to the guys at the rehab center, mm-hmm. you know, I, I came to a point, um, it's funny, Facebook, um, I didn't know I was fat until I started seeing pictures of myself on Facebook and, <laughs> and I, uh, hadn't been on scales for years and I got up on the scales and one day and I was 300 pounds and I told Lisa, I said, you know, I want to get better. You know, I want to, I want to fix this. And, and she was in pretty good shape. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, can you walk with me? And I said, I'm going to have to go slow for a while because I'm way out of shape. And, you know, we started walking and hiking and I changed my food, food around and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it took a while, but, you know, I ended up losing 80 pounds and, and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And, but, when I look at where my mind was at that point, 
And where it is now, it's just I'm a totally different person. Because as I told you, I was a pretty miserable person back then. And the that it seems like that change was a catalyst for me wanting to get better as yeah. a person about everything. Yeah. Well, and, and how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so if you, if you, you know, half-ass your health, mm-hmm. there's probably other things that you're, yeah. you know, you're doing the same to. Right. You know? And, um, and, and you're right. I mean, mindset too is when you first start, like, your mindset is okay. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. But then the challenges start to come into play. Life mm-hmm. happens, and you have to maintain this new this new lifestyle, and right. it becomes tough. And yeah. so, if your mindset is not there, it's going to be a harder road. Mm-hmm. But that's also why you get somebody in your corner that's going to help you with mindset, right? You know, whether it's me or another coach or whatever. But you know, in coaching coaching is. Coaching is something that um, is just now starting to hit mainstream. Um, I think the the figure two years ago was it's growing something like twenty two percent in the next seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll say fifteen in the next five or whatever. Something I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's growing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and that's because you know people are starting to realize that you know you've got to have a certain degree of accountability. You've got to have a certain degree of of support, and and not just from a friend mm-hmm. because sometimes that friend. <laughs> is trying to keep you in a pit of despair that you guys are both in right now. And you're right. Trying to get out. And right. so the game of crabs in a bucket start to yeah. start to play. Yeah. You know, uh, not always a case, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, I've actually seen it quite a bit and I've yeah. seen it with people trying to fix their marriages after hearing uh, me and my wife's story, mm-hmm. you know, people saying that they're going to be there to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Know, like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so sometimes the friends aren't necessarily the greatest support structure. Right, right. Um, and so people go and invest in themselves and, uh, with a coach. You know? mm-hmm. um, so, but yeah, and that's, so like for you, 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 you did something that a lot of people can't do, and that's get that mind right um, to really keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I use here, if there's, if there's one thing that I could share with people when it comes to goals um you, you've seen a movie uh ace ventura when nature calls yeah okay yeah the, the beginning part where he's in the, the monastery uh, up in the mountains right yeah. so you know and, and you saw that that um the camera shot from way back that saw the monastery mm-hmm. mass amount of stairs right yeah so the analogy i like to paint for people is that monastery is our goal right mm-hmm. whatever that goal is it could right. be bodybuilding it could be losing 50 pounds it could be becoming a millionaire whatever mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the thing is when we set that goal, we're at the bottom of that stair that staircase. Mm-hmm. We're looking all the way up at this monastery. We could hardly see. It's all almost all the way up in the clouds, and we're looking at all these stairs, going, "Oh my God, I'm never going to get there." Mm-hmm. Right. But the one time in life I tell people to look down is this particular time. Mm-hmm. You look down. You only focus on that next step. All right. And then you focus on the next step, and then that next one. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you look up, and you're at the monastery. Right. You've hit your goal right you enjoy the journey mm-hmm. don't focus so much on a goal that you hate the journey yeah the journey is a crucial vital part of you growing into the person that you right. want to be you know you can't just you want to be a millionaire well you know what everybody wants to be a millionaire but how many how many people actually know what it means to uh to manage million dollar assets mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah you, you know it's, it's not like you just walk around with a 
a suitcase full of million dollars. <laughs> what are you doing with that? Are you making yeah. money, make money for you? Are you, are you investing? I mean, you know, just different things like that. Mm. You know? So, um, so it's very crucial that people enjoy that journey and focus on that next step to reach mm-hmm. that goal. So. It's funny, Steve Martin had a joke. Uh, I don't know if you ever listen to Steve Martin because mm. you're young, but one of the jokes on his albums was, I'm going to teach you how to be a millionaire. Okay, first, get a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a good start. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I just uh, finished reading his book because comedy is my other thing mm. that I do. I, I do stand-up comedy, and uh, I just finished reading his book, and it was uh, an interesting read because he, he took a very business-like approach to his comedy. Mm. And looking at his act, you wouldn't think that he did but he really did he uh you know it was uh it was a uh, a lot of trial and error but everything he did was uh planned mm-hmm. and and uh even though it looks uh totally off the cuff he totally planned it but uh interesting book so um people you know obviously you've been you've been doing this long enough that you've had some people coming in and out of your life that that um have uh gotten gotten some uh tutelage from you what do you see in the people that have come through you know your your coaching um and do you have any success stories of people that were just as down as they could be and you brought them up oh yeah so um i had uh one client that um you know, she was, um, she's a director of a communications department at, at a police department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's got that responsibility. She has a responsibility of her son being in, uh, travel baseball, getting ready for college baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, her, uh, her husband has some medical, uh, things going on. So she's got to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mom lives with them and she's got to take care of her as well. This lady, I mean, in my eyes, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like she's got a lot on her plate, and she's still trucking along. Mm-hmm. And when I first talked to her, um, she was, I mean, she was falling apart. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you could tell as you talk with her, uh, just, I mean, she was doing everything she could to keep herself together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was literally holding on by a thread. And after working with me for three months... Um, she still has the same responsibilities, mm-hmm. but now she's, now she understands she's, she's, she's received, um, different perspective shifts and, in, and in, in mindset reframes to help her understand that what she's doing right now is actually making her a stronger person mm-hmm. and, and how you look at things is crucial mm-hmm. in the quality of your life. Right. You know, um, What's the what's the old the old saying? Um, if you want the things that you look at to change, change the way you look at things. Mm-hmm. And there's so much truth behind right. that. You know right. what I mean? Um, I had another guy who, when I first met him, he was suicidal. And mm-hmm. had I not talked to him that night, then I think within the first within that week he would have he would have killed himself. Wow. Um, and now the guy's got um, mass ambition uh, to um, you know really be somebody big in the, in the, uh, in the hair industry, mm-hmm. you know, and working with salons and, you know, the, the high up the, the Hollywood people right. with, you know, the thousands of dollars in the hair that he, mm-hmm. that's really his ambition. And, and he's working towards that now instead of thinking about killing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I've had, uh, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot in my coaching practice is the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law of attraction states what you think you receive. You mm-hmm. know, your thoughts create your reality, basically. So if you're always, if you're always thinking um, negatively, you're going to receive more, ta- more negativity. Right. Right. If you think positively, you're going to receive more positivity. Mm-hmm. Now that is the very, very brief, um, explanation to the law of attraction there's a lot more that plays into it but um i i use that in my practice and one of the things that i talked with with one of my clients is um you know there was um one of my clients was waiting to hear back from this girl that he kind of lost contact with Mm -hmm. and um he uh we were talking about it one day and and i told him i said well i said i said try the try the law of attraction on you know for this particular scenario Mm -hmm. and um and at first, he, you know, he, he admitted, you know, weeks later, months later, he admitted that he had, uh, when he left, he actually laughed about it. It's like, this is stupid. There's no way, you know, mm-hmm. um, he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm paying a man. I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to try it. Mm-hmm. And so he went in, he watched The Secret, which is a documentary on Law of Attraction on mm-hmm. Netflix. There's also a book called The Secret. Um, and, you know, he went in, he, he, he studied it and everything. He says, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? I'm going to give it a shot. And so he did, and within a few days, this lady that I lost contact with sent him a text. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> and now the joke is I have a voodoo doll on him. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> so he, he swears I got a voodoo doll with his name on it at my house. You yeah. Know? No, that's not the case. You know? <laughs> simple law of attraction. You know. Right. Um, and, and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, you know, there's definitely my coaching is there's definitely a lot of things in my coaching that a lot that people have a hard time grasping mm-hmm. because it's not tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that might be listening right now, like this dude's full of crap. What I would, what, what I would say to that is, do you believe that there's a million dollars out there? Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to say yes. Yeah. Have you seen a million dollars? Majority of people <laughs> are going to say no, Yeah, but we know it's there. Right. Right. We know that there's actually a thing called a million dollars. We believe it's there. We, we've never seen it, but we believe it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, the law of attraction is kind of the same thing. And, and the thing is, I, in, in the, in the secret, they talk about how our mind is, is like the, the, uh, cell phone waves, mm-hmm. you know, going to cell phone towers. We don't see the waves going from our cell phone to the tower, right? Mm-hmm. Well, our our right. mind, our thoughts to the universe are the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're there, right? But they're intangible. You can't see them, just like a cell phone, mm-hmm. you know, wavelength or whatever, a cell phone signal, you know. Um, so that was kind of a. I went way over what the question was <laughs> as far as um, you know, client success stories yeah. are concerned. But um, so yeah, those are just a few um, success stories, and I'll, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, by sharing our story, I was at a health coach conference and um, by sharing our story and not being afraid of what people think about our story right? Um, in, in my infidelities and getting kicked out and that kind of thing. Um, there was actually um, a young woman there that um, before going to the conference, they were, her and her husband were going to divorce. Mm-hmm. And because she heard somebody else's story about, you know, there being an infidelity and now they're stronger than you've ever been. Mm-hmm. 
now her and her husband are working their marriage out. Right. You know, now two little kids don't have to see their mom and dad, mom and dad split, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, I just, I, I like to share all that to make people understand that, um, you know, your, your story is your superpower. Right. Right. You know, you have the ability to, to impact somebody else, whether you want to do it for a living or not, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that person that you're impacting is, is the one closest to you. Right. Right. And that's, it, that goes back to <clears throat> what we were talking about, uh, before we started recording the, the, there is a lack of, uh, personal connection between people right now because, and, and this also goes into why I can see coaching as being more of a need now than it was before the internet, because there's so much stimuli out there that takes your mind in so many places that you, you can't focus on what you really want yeah. uh, and, and you can't focus on who you are and a personal connection with somebody actually sitting down and having a conversation really, it, it changes your life a little bit. Every conversation you have. So everybody I've talked to on the podcast has changed my life a little bit for the better. Mm -hmm. I've taken nuggets away from every single one. I had one guy tell me, why don't you video your podcast? And when you put video into it, it totally changes it. I did one. And it totally, it, it, it changes the way, the, the way you talk. It changes the way I talk. We're concerned about how we look. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're concerned about, uh, how we're coming across and it, it changes, changes everything without doing video and just having a conversation. We can actually talk. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm sticking by my <laughs> story yeah. on why I don't video. I also don't look great on video, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, 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 it, I just think that doing it that way, I see a lot of podcasts where they video and I see a lot where they don't, or I listen to a lot where they don't. And I prefer the ones where they don't. And we can actually talk to each other and look at each other and not worry about a camera up in the corner, um, taking our picture. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's just an interesting analogy I got from what you were talking about that, you know, anytime you make a personal connection with somebody, you always take away something. And sometimes it can be negative. So sometimes it can be positive. Even when it's negative, you can look at it and say, Hey, I don't want to be like that. One beautiful thing about that is actually, um, you know, whenever whenever we see something in somebody else that we don't like, it's not even really that we don't like that person. It's just a lot of times that we've subconsciously, we don't like that person because they carry a particular trait that we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. People don't see that when people uh-huh. point the finger. Right. This is where I would love there to be a camera right now. Because uh-huh. <laughs> you, you point the finger, you got one pointing away, but then if you if you look closer, you got three more fingers pointing back uh-huh. at you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when it comes to connecting with people, the thing is there's there's always going to be differences and, and maybe differences that we don't agree with. You know, politics or, you know, I mean, the, the, the polarizing things right now, politics and sexual preference and mm-hmm. all these other things. But the thing is, we are all connected in some way, shape, or form. Right. We all have a connection. One, we're all human, mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, all of these things that we've dealt with, somebody else has dealt with something very similar. Yep. Right? And so, we have that ability to reach people that have gone through similar situations that have given us our, uh, you know, our, our mental scars, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right? How you do that, how, how you find that connection is 
what we call in, in the coaching ranks, getting off of your map. Mm-hmm. We all have our own individual map. It's our ecology. It's our programming. It's what's created us, us, mm-hmm. right? Your upbringing, how your parents raise you, what you learned in school, what you learned from your parents, what you learned from your friends, what you learned from your friends' parents, you know, things like that, right? Right. And then all the experiences that you go through in life creates your map. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and so as we go through life, our map is ever evolving. It's always changing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what what creates the new beliefs and that kind of thing. So when it comes to other people, to gain an understanding and a connection with other people, if we can get off of our map for two minutes mm-hmm. and just allow that person to talk as they're in their own map, right? what that does is allows us, the listener, to connect with somebody else and maybe even learn something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll give you a prime example. You know, there was, um, when it comes to the, uh, you know, like the transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine as I was getting into coaching and, and looking for like a particular niche or something like that. And a friend of mine tells me, he says, well, well what about the LGBT community? I was like, well. Okay, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. He says specifically trans. Well, at the time, I didn't have like you know, military is very black and white about certain things, mm-hmm. and so there's no like trying to understand certain things. That particular thing, I was still a little bit black and white on. I was like, that's that's a touchy subject, mm-hmm. but I was willing to listen to the science behind it, and he explained to me the science behind it. And he said, he says kind of like this: when you're when you're inside the womb. Um, and you're a male body at the particular time that you're supposed to get the, the shot of testosterone mm-hmm. and you don't you come out male body, female brain. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if you are female body and you do get that shot of testosterone, you come out female body, male brain. Mm-hmm. The science makes sense. Right. 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 How did, before having that explanation, I still would think it was a choice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. But given that explanation, oh, wow, there actually is a science behind it. Yeah. I got off of my own map so I could try to understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But because of we have all this stuff out there on social media, we have, um, you know, people posting memes that are making fun of certain things. We have people that are just straight bashing other people about their political views. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no, there's no, People aren't trying to understand anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what right. that's why everything is so polarizing. Everything's so offensive. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we could take a step back yeah. and simply just listen, you might learn a thing or two. Mm-hmm. And that's where the connection comes into play. Yeah. And believe it or not, you might connect with somebody in a particular demographic that you thought you would never be able to connect with. Yeah. I've I have found that to be the case especially since I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's funny. The first guy I interviewed on my podcast is probably the biggest conservative in the tri-state area. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I really like him. Um, My views are not Mm – I match him on some things, Mm -hmm. but probably 98% Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, But I look at people in a way – I look at them in two ways. Um, 
I'm I'm broke down on the uh, bypass. I've got a flat tire and I don't have a spare. And if I called this guy, his name's Jeff. If I called him, I said I need help. He'd be there. I I just know he would. Mm-hmm. If I had um, ten thousand dollars and I needed somebody to watch it for a week for me, mm-hmm. he would, and he'd give me give it back. So what more do you want out of a person? Mm-hmm. You know, really, as a, a, when, when you're uh, trying to figure out if they're a good person or not, I'm not looking at their politics. But the funny thing is, is, you know, I have to use social media to talk about my podcast. So I mentioned it on one thread in social media and um, somebody posted, oh, you, you uh, interviewed that conservative guy. Yuck. I'll never listen to your stuff. And the funny thing is a lot of people jumped on and said, you know, he's, he's interviewed as just as many liberal people as he has conservative people. So, you know, it's, it's an even mix. I don't, there are no standards for the podcast. I don't, I don't say you got to be this, you got to be that. I just want to hear your story. You just got to be a people of Michigan. Yeah. 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 That's it. And, and the, the the neat thing is, is I get everybody's perspective. Yeah. And, and why not? And that, and that's, that is, that's exactly the whole point to that is giving people new perspectives. I mean, listen, you know, when I, when I was in the Marine Corps, there were plenty of years where I was very black and white, my thinking. Oh yeah. You know, you, you could have, at one point, if you would have told me there was a science behind what I just talked about, mm-hmm. I'd tell you, you, you've, you've lost your damn mind. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to hear it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, the, the more I realized that we all have different maps, we all have different upbringings, different programming, different ecology, and you might know something that could change a whole spectrum of perspectives. For right. Me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing is what we don't know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So the problem with that is most people bash what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I call that just speaking a different language. Right. Yeah. You know, the lady that didn't want to listen to the conservative, she's simply speaking a different language right. than he is. Right. You know, and so, but if we actually take the time to listen mm-hmm. and then translate what that means for our life. Right. The thing is, if it's somebody's opinion, we just because it's their opinion don't mean we have to take it. Right. Right. We can say, thank you for your opinion and right. move on. Right. Right. And you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. No. It, it, it all, you know, it, it comes down to me is, you know, how, how you treat other people when you're in a one-on-one situation or you're in a situation with people, that, that's the only judgment I make. So if I see somebody struggling with their groceries to get in the car, an older person, if I see somebody help them, I think they're pretty good. You know, that's, that, that's all, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so politics or, uh, religion or sexual preference, none of that, none of that makes any difference to me. And, I, and I'll even take that a step further. Um, because we all have bad days, right? Mm-hmm. And we all, go, yeah. we all go through things that as we're dealing with it, we just don't want to talk to anybody. We don't mm-hmm. want to help anybody we're just we're stuck in our own world right? mm-hmm. um and um one one story i love telling because it, it's really made an impact on on 
me and how I conduct myself. Um, Dr. Sean Stevenson is, is one of my, he's one of my mentors. He don't know it, but he's one of my mentors, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and I actually got to hear him talk for the second time this past week and at that conference and, and actually got to shake his hand. Phenomenal guy. Um, you look him up. I mean, the, the guy's in a wheelchair about three feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, he suffers from osteogenesis imperfecta, which is very brittle bones. He's had 200 some odd fractures during his childhood, including wow. his femurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about, he has a book. And if, and if you're a book reader, you've got to look up, of course, after our book, mm-hmm. you got to look up. Right. Uh, you got to look up, uh, get off your butt, B U T. Okay by Sean Stevenson. Mm. Um, and that is how to end self-sabotage. Um, and he tells a story about how he was doing an internship at, um, at an elementary school during college. And he was in his wheelchair and he had these kids, you know, in a semi semi circle around him. And, um, he's talking to him about, you know, be kind to one another and just, you know, things like that mm-hmm. to talk to kids about. And I don't know where if shoe comes flying, hits him in the head. <laughs> well, um, you know, at that point he, you know, kids laughed and now he starts to lose control of the kids mm-hmm. and everything. And, and he looks and he finds the one kid that has the shoe missing. <laughs> right. And, you know, and now he, and they called him the shoeless monster. And, and <laughs> as he was telling us the story, he said, now let me ask you guys. He said, how many of you guys would want to throw the shoe back right now? And of course, every one of us was like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah shoe, I'm a chuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then he went on to talk about how the, you know, eventually the, the kids' parents came and picked them up. And the last one was that was left was this kid. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm stuck with this kid. <laughs> and eventually this little lady came and picked him up. And so he left, he's on his way out to his vehicle and the principal comes running up behind him. He says, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. You know? So he starts asking, ask him how, you know, how's the program going? You mm-hmm. know, how the kids, that kind of thing. He says, you know, the kids are angels, except for this one kid, right? Mm-hmm. He tells him the story about the shoe. And he says, Sean, uh, I think there's something you have to, you, you need to hear about this particular kid. And he says, nope, nope, no, 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 <laughs> I, I think you do, actually. Yeah. He says, uh, last year, um, this kid's dad murdered his mom mm. in their home. And now his dad's in prison, his mom's dead, and his grandmother's the only one left to take care of him. She has, she had to pick up two more jobs to take care of him, and he does not get much attention at home. Mm. And he said, after telling that story, he says, now, how many of you want to throw the shoe back? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> raised their hand. You heard right. sniffles in, a, in, in the crowd, and like, mm. you know, people crying, like all kinds of stuff. And, and he says, the point I'm trying to make here is whenever somebody throws a shoe at you, Think twice before you throw the shoe back. All right. Because you don't know what that person's mm-hmm. dealing with. Right. You know? Um, and so even when, you know, I've had people, you know, try challenging me or, you know, they, they'd, they'd say something negative to me or I've had people tell me that coaching's fake and, and I need to I need to get a new dream or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. Um, and, and honestly, I just, I just kind of turned, turned another cheek because – I don't know what they're dealing with. Right. And they could be dealing with far worse stuff than what I've dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm just going to keep doing me mm-hmm. without bashing them. I'm going to love them where they're at. And I'm just going to move on. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So one of the things I've learned is um, 
and I call it because I learned it this way, I call it um, somebody who is inward facing. So that means everything is happening to me. You take everything, you're doing this to me, um, this is happening to me, and instead of outward facing where, oh, because I did this, this made your day rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I have to categorize it that way because when I catch myself doing it, because mm-hmm. I was that way for so long, yeah. when I catch myself doing it, I need to, I need to give it a name um, and say, Hey, I'm inward, inward facing again, mm-hmm. what's going on around me yeah. and, and not, not what's happening to me, but what's going on around me and how can I change it? So it's, it, it's something, it, it's something we all have different ways that we have to True. deal with. Yeah. And, you know, some, some of this, some of this crap's just in our blood, you know, you, you can't change your DNA, mm-hmm. but you, you, you can recognize it and, and, uh, change it into something positive. That's, that's what I try to do. And you, and, and you can, you can actually take what is happening to me mm-hmm. and replace one word. Turn two into four. Mm-hmm. Right. What is happening for me? Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. life doesn't happen to us. It right. happens for us. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You know, like my dad, um, you know, I, I, I came to the realization just several months ago that my dad's death is not a curse. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how in the hell could you possibly say that your dad's death is a gift? Mm-hmm. Well, it's quite simple. Had that not happened... I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 That happened to put me on the path that I'm supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. Right. My dad was not just a, just, you know, a, a dumb alcoholic. One, no. He was, he was quite intelligent. Um, he was. Um, and, but the thing is, I'm a firm believer in some people are put on this planet to be teachers and mm-hmm. teach people how not to live. Yeah. And that was his mission. Right. And he completed it. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue with that. People have to recognize that. Yeah. If your loved one dies from an addiction and you stay in your own way, their mission failed. Right. No, their mission was accomplished. Your mission failed. Yeah. Right. You know, and so I see that as, he taught me how not to live mm-hmm. and now I'm going to utilize his story to reach other people. Mm-hmm. You know, in our book, we talk about, um, one of the stories in there is a guy named Mason, um, who had, he overdosed on heroin and his, um, um, his brother, a good friend of mine, um, you know, Mason had stolen a bunch of stuff from him, including wedding rings and, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the thing is, my friend doesn't hold any grudges against his brother anymore. And he says, if his, if his brother's death will keep his three kids and his sister's three kids from ever wanting to do drugs, mm-hmm. mission accomplished. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, you got to get to a point in life where you, where you start recognizing 
that type of stuff. And I don't think, I don't think you can be brought to it. I think anybody, I, I guess I would guess that anybody that comes to you, um, has come to some sort of a realization. Um, they probably walk in the door and I, I bet some of them say, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know I want to change it. And that's, where you come in, where you, you find out where, where they want to go, what they want to do. And, and have you had people come in and say, Hey, you know, I'm miserable. I don't know what to do. Help. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've had quite a few people that just are are just lost. Um, you know, whether it's what they want to do or, or, you know, it could be just the fact that they just feel like the entire world's against them and they need a new, a new perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the people get so far stuck in their own way that they don't see the solution right in front of them. Right. Um, and 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 the thing is, a lot of what I do is not giving them advice. I give them tools, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and a lot of questions tend to tend to uh, pull out what they want, right, and why they want it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so just by just by asking the questions, we can start to formulate what it is that they actually want in life and their health or or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all it's all about just creating a, a, a mindset shift, right? You know, that's really it. You know. Yep. You'll have to excuse me. My computer was making those noises. I oh, don't no. know what it's doing. No, that's fine. <laughs> It's funny. We talked before that I, I don't use a computer to record my podcast because I work in computers. I mm-hmm. I don't trust them. So because <laughs> it's said. always going to fail in the middle of a of an hour long conversation, and, and uh, that's the worst thing that to happen. Then we said uh, technology. You can't live with it, and you can't live without it. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Scott, it's this is you know I I've obviously learned a lot talking to you. Um, Obviously, when the book comes out, uh, let me know so I can tell people about it. Um, if people want to connect with you, mm-hmm. um, what's what's uh, yeah? I know you're on some social media, but just uh, um, uh, talk about the the social media sites you're on. If you have a website or anything like that, so you can find me um, on Facebook. Um, look for Scott Leeper, L E E P E R, um, and. My profile picture right now is um, me crossing my arms with a green shirt, but then my uh, whatever the background picture, whatever it is, is my mind muscle strength logo. It's mm-hmm. a silhouette of a guy pointing at his head, flexing his his biceps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, or you can also find me. The, my Facebook business page is uh, mind muscle strength. Um, I'm on Instagram at mind underscore muscle underscore strength. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm on LinkedIn. I do have a website, mindmusclestrength.com. Um, I'm new to the whole website thing, mm-hmm. so there's some things on there that aren't uh, aren't done yet. Yeah, but it's it's live, so, right? Okay, uh, you can at least get some information off of it. Um, you can email me at mindmusclestrength at gmail.com. I think I've covered it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming in to talk to me today, and uh, let's keep in touch so I can uh, maybe talk to you when the book comes out as well. Yeah, we can. I mean, we'll, we could do another one when when the book comes out. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, thank you, Scott. And I will uh, post links to all of the ways you can reach Scott along with the podcast when this comes out. Thanks, everybody. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.